Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like the and Dagger. I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy, let's go! Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. The podcast that says, fuck all the rules of evolution. When kids come to it, all we want is explosions. That's Simone LaRue. <laughs> that's Chad Ackowitz with some excellent child-rearing advice. Look, I'm going to raise my kids on the belief that science doesn't matter, and all that matters is, is explosions. I, you know, you know, one could argue that explosions and science go hand in hand, but Ooh. one could also not argue that, and it seems like you're choosing the latter. <laughs> I am very much of the school of belief that just bury your head in the sand, and that violence should uh, should trump, uh, using that word trump very, very aptly here, any kind of rationale or reasoning. I think that's valid. I think that's a fair philosophy. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, I want my kids to be sort of insurrectionists, you know, if they could even spell that word. <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to be able to spell it to do it. That is true. That is very true. Uh, but these, Clearly. This, this horrible political talk is couldn't be further away from the movies that we're doing this week. Truly. Uh, which is, we've done a return to our childhoods, and we are going to be doing the Pokemon first movie and Digimon the first movie, so 1998 and 2000, respectively. Um, And so, Simone, I have two questions for you based on these two movies. So the first question is, what is your favorite Pokemon Uh uh, of of any generation? And then the second question I have for you is, can you name a single Digimon? If you can name a single Digimon, I will give you a million pounds over the next one million years. Oh, (laughs) Easy, easy, Armadillomon. Hawkmon. <laughs> <laughs> the laziest names. Okay, I will, I will, like, you know, concede on the fact that Pokemon was known better. But, you know, like, that just feels <laughs> exceedingly lazy. Like, I was... the best thing about Digimon 2 is that, like I just demonstrated, they clearly started running out of ideas very quickly. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's just the fact that, like, you've got, fine, you've got, like, Hawkmon and Armadillomon, but then you've got, like, Gaboramon and, like, mm. Mega Ultra Gaflengiflongamon, and, like, uh-huh. the names get really ridiculous, and it's sort of like, where's the balance, guys? Where, like, where's the common ground? Where's this the This is for children, and they can't pronounce it. <laughs> so, I'm proud of you. Well done for, you know, exposing me with Armadillomon. And so, so then back to the to the previous question, what is your favorite Pokemon? I think I'm an Eevee gal. I really like Eevee. Aww. And they're real cute. You can, nice. They can evolve lots of m- many ways, and, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I like them. Although, yeah, although, a- this movie, every now and again, I'm like, you know what's fun is Meowth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But like that specific Meowth who can No, talk, all of them. They're just like, also really... sassy and weird. I love them. Yeah, yeah, but you're a cat person, so I'm not surprised by this. And I mean, Eevee is the and closest. I love sassy and weird pets. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, it, it does. I, I think Eevee would be the perfect Pokemon for you. You know, I think I think you would definitely be an Eevee trainer. That's for sure. You know, whether you thank you. Whether, yeah, no, I think it's a compliment, you know? It's it's okay. the fact that you like to, to start I... from a really sort of good base and then just branch out into the multiple... Mm. I mean, it, it kind of mm. explains you as a person as well, you know? <laughs> you know, you... Thank you, you, you. I think. I'm... Well, like... <laughs> I don't know how many of these are, like, backhanded compliments. No, genuine, like, forehanded compliments, you know? Um, you, because you, okay. like, you, you for example, you, you, you were this person who just came to university, you studied neuroscience, and then you did business and now you're doing media so very much like Evie you just branched out I have evolved in many ways yeah exactly which is really really cool that's true that's true that's that's really nice of you to say what's uh what's your favorite Pokemon oh Raichu through and through that little fat mouse with the electric you know wiry tail what a legend he's the best yeah he's the cutest Pokemon I love it I love him more than Pikachu because I think just Pikachu is just way too mainstream so it's got to be Raichu. Right, right, right. Yeah. You need to be, like, a little cool. Yeah, exactly. Plus, like, in the original series, the third, the electric gym leader had a Raichu and it had an earring. And if there is anything more bisexual than a Pokemon with an earring, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Which ear was pierced? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gay one, I'm assuming, because, you know, the 90s. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I feel Definitely like that's not. a very, like... Gen X, mm-hmm. li- late millennial thing is like the ear piercing symbolism. Now people, yeah, I guess don't have to hide it yeah. as much. Plus, like, I don't believe, I-, I-, I can't see that ever being an actual thing. Like, I think it was just a, a joke among heteronormative societies. Yeah. I don't think the gay gay community was ever like, okay, the left ear is the gay ear. I yeah, think that was make ever sure you thing. get your left ear pierced so everyone knows you're gay in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, that's outrageous. So if we do have any gay listeners who were around in the 80s, please do let us know if it was just an absolute fallacy from, you know, our heteronormative brethren. That would be wonderful to know. Would David Alt be really mad if we texted him? Hey David, you were gay in the nineties. <laughs> I think he would be furious because again we would just be like coming to him with an old person query. He would be absolutely just unbelievably mad at us. Oh goodness me. Well, thank you so much for that. So let's see who is gonna go first. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a red wine. Oh, lovely. Uh, it's a Wednesday that we're recording this on, and mm-hmm. I feel I need this. <laughs> oh, it's been one of those weeks. Middle of the work week is always intense, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right in the throes of it. I mean, for those of you who aren't watching these videos on YouTube, this is the one for you. Uh, as you South African listeners will know of the joys of load shedding, Simone is absolutely shrouded in darkness uh, and just lit by her cell phone. And uh, she's drinking red wine in the dark uh, midweek, which I think is just the most perfect image for, for, for what we're going through right now. And all Chad is doing is waiting on tenterhooks for a pair of <laughs> demonic hands to come up behind me and, like, clap or something. I'm, I'm, I'm so sure that Rudy is just waiting in the background there, waiting for his time to shine <laughs> and really just completely freak me out. He's a very supportive boyfriend, but I don't think he's really mm-hmm. even listening in. I think he's got his earphones in. Right, right. Or, like, even worse. So but- he, he, he can't hear any of the hints that I'm throwing 
You know what? I expect better of him. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, mid-recording, the power comes back on and there's just shapes behind you. Like, ah. Wouldn't that be fun? No, no, Simone, it wouldn't. Like, how are you not understanding this? This, All of this is not fun for me. This is terrifying. This is the most anxious I've ever been on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you drinking to get you through the, the pain? Oh, I am drinking a spiced rum. Captain Morgan Ooh. and his spiced rum. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my girlfriend and I decided to have like a little bit of a, a, a drinking weekend nice. on Friday. So we had the the. She brought a bottle of spiced rum and diet coke, and I had Ooh. my honey jack, and we and we just had a you know went back to our early twenties and just drank, drank, nice drank. Boozy weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is the residual after effects. So I'm I'm happy to have that, and I'm even happier to get Digimon out the way. Yeah, let's oh let's do it because. Yeah, let's get through it quickly, because we couldn't get through the movie quickly, so... No. What? Well, both of them. Because, I mean, this movie was essentially two separate movies, right? Like, (sighs) insanity. The emotions that I felt thinking I was done. (laughs) Being like, okay, that was a very mediocre movie, but I'm out of the woods now. And then they started a second one? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was outrageous. It was really, really outrageous. The (laughs) audacity. I remember being a lot more intense when I was a kid, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just gonna run off the the characters quickly because this sort of jumps through time. So so we're gonna we're gonna just run through this. So you have Carrie, who uh, sorry you have Lara. Uh, yeah, Carrie, who is voiced by Lara J. Uh, Jill Miller in the uh, American English. Uh, version of this then you've got uh ty who is voiced by joshua seth you've got uh miko who is ve- voiced by michael sorich uh da-da-da-da. you got loads of people uh truck driver mimi voiced by felice sampler izzy voiced by mona marshall joe voiced by mark Lindsay. um and Matt, voiced by Michael Rise. So these are all the Digi Destined. These are a bunch of kids who were sort of thrown into the digital world where they met Digimon. They are these dinosaur sort of weird creatures, very similar to Pokemon, who live in the Digi world and sort of hook onto the Digi Destined, and they all sort of uh, join together to either defend the Digi world or to the real world from evil Digimon. So basically, Carrie and Ty are brother and sister. This movie is sort of like starts off with a prequel where they first sort of learn that they are the Digi Destined. Essentially, these Digimon eggs come out through their computers, uh, sort of wreak havoc among Japan, um, and then sort of leave suddenly. Years later, they sort of fumble and stumble into the Digi Realm. This is where they sort of learn about their Digimon and sort of come to realize their sort of Digi destiny. Uh, they all become sort of friends. Uh, the main ones, TK and Matt uh, and Izzy, uh, who who all are part of the Digidestin crew. The other Digidestin members aren't really part of this movie for some reason. Who knows why? So uh, it's years later. Everyone's hanging out with their Digimon. Everything's really happy when suddenly uh, Izzy realizes that there is a virus going through the internet. Uh, this virus sort of looks like a Digi egg. After very little time, the Digi egg 
hatches and they realize that the virus is the virus slash Digimon is sort of eating through the web. It's just going from place to place, just chowing down code and just digivolving every couple of minutes. They're all kind of freaking out because Izzy realizes that they're just gonna eat this this Digimon, this Digivirus is just gonna eat the entire of the internet and just cause endless havoc. We'll basically be without the internet pretty soon. So uh Izzy and Ty send in their Digimon to go and face this uh, Digi uh, virus. Um, their Digimon are called. I have no idea. I don't think you have to go through this full. Thank you. Cast Thank you. Assortment. Thank you so much. I think we can all we can all look up the IMDb page if we're. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So uh, basically, they go and fight the digi- uh, Digimon. They lose. Um, that's when the Digi uh, virus sort of adapts again. He grows bigger. He becomes a more uh, sort of intense Digimon. They don't know what to do. Eventually, um, they realize that in order to sort of stop this Digimon, they are going to use the power of the emails that they're getting from all the other kids all around the world who are supporting them in their fight against this Digivirus. So they, uh, so Izzy is able to tunnel the emails and the in- the information from the emails into the Digimon to make them stronger. They're almost about to defeat this Digivirus when the Digivirus sort of evolves again and becomes faster. That's when Izzy has the other idea to use the emails, those same emails that were powering their Digimon, to slow down the bad Digimon because sort of that sheer amount of Digi uh, of emails will slow yeah. them down. They're able to do that. They destroy the Digimon. Everything looks really happy. Everyone's sorted. While this is all going down, of course, Izzy, who actually lives in Colorado, he was like... No, that's Willis. Oh, sorry, Willis, who lives in Colorado, sends Izzy an email being like, oh, this is all my fault, but it's all very vague and whatever. He's also got two um, two Digimon. He was able to get twins when he got his Digi-Egg, which is pretty cool for him. Uh, Kokomon and some other, po- uh, some other Digimon, which I can't remember its name. Uh, so, that's the end of the first bit of the movie. You think it's the end, they've killed the bad guy, but oh no, 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 not that time, my friends. <laughs> time time skip. skip. It is now present day, and uh, sort of, uh, uh, Ty's moved on, the original Digidestin have moved on, and now you've got the new guys coming in. Also, uh, sort of, TK and Carrie are now in, sort of the team leaders of the new Digidestin, uh, and everything seems to be going pretty well. That is, until they go and they visit, uh, what did you say, Willis, Willis in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, they realise that Willis is being sort of followed and haunted by an evil Digimon who is just, like, kicking ass and just destroying New York. Um, he, the di- evil Digimon keeps telling uh, L- uh, Willis to go back to the beginning, or just go back. Willis doesn't realize, sort of know what this exactly means, but he thinks that he means that he needs to go back to his hometown of Colorado, where it all began. So, uh, Willis teams up with all the Digidestined, they head off to Colorado, and that's when they have another massive fight with this evil Kokomon. It, that's when they realize that what actually happened was, before like when the old evil Digimon was around, uh, it was actually caused by Willis. So Willis got his two Digimon when he when when he got his Digi eggs. He was like, "Oh, these guys are really awesome. I actually want more of these." So he tried to make a Digimon on the computer, but unfortunately, while that Digimon was cooking, it got infected by a virus on the interwebs, and that virus created that evil uh, Digimon, and it also sort of corrupted Kokomon, and that's what's happened. So. The Digidestin basically fight Kokomon, evil Kokomon, and uh, destroy him, uh, kill him completely. The fight was too much for Kokomon, and he dies. That's when we learn at the mo- at the end of the movie 
that Digimon don't actually die. All their data is sort of just recycled and created again. And that's when we learned that Willis actually gets Kokomon back. He's a little bit different this time. He looks like the evil Kokomon, but he's actually a really nice guy. The end. Dancing to Smash Mouth. Simone. All-Star. Simone, the songs <laughs> in this film make me so happy. So happy. <laughs> I love them more than anything. I think they spent most of their budget on like licensing. Definitely, without question. And and sort of getting the bare naked lady- ladies to do a Digimon song. Have you not had the Digimon theme song stuck in your head for a solid week? Simone, I woke up with it in my head today. Digimon, it was Digimon, 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 Digimon. It is the most frustrating fucking intro song in the world because it's literally like four beats and it just repeats. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And every time they digivolve, it just repeats again. And it's like, for fuck's sake, can you stop? Can you stop? Can I tell you my favorite moment in yes, the whole movie? Please. When one of the po- one of the Digimon digivolves, and he digivolves into s- Storm of Friendship. <laughs> yes, yes, that was Hawkmon. Hawkmon changes into Storm uh, to, to to another to, to another Digimon, and it's the Hawk uh, the, the 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 sort of friendship. That's lovely. That's a that's a great image. <laughs> Honestly, I remember from being, like, a kid and, like, the Digimon universe made complete sense to me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could, I could just, like, map out whatever. Like, yeah. it, was, it was gold. Looking back at it now, it is more complicated than any game, yeah. anything I've it's ever bad. played in my life. Like, so it seems like the original Digimon just, like, digivolved and that was fine. And then it was, like, your rookies, then yeah. your champions, then your mega super champions, yeah. then, like, the ethereal god level. Yeah. Then it looks like from the second generation, there was, like, shield ev- evolutions yeah. or digilutions. Yeah. And then it was, like, standard ones and then, like, mega ones. And then you had, like, another talisman but that you used in conjunction. Isn't Pokemon... Like, didn't Pokemon's evolutions change, too? Like, it started, it was, like, air, plant, water, fire. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, psychic, fighter type, dark, uh, well, they were they were all the original. Okay. Like I mean, those, all those were original. Like they've only made one new type in like the longest oh. time, which was fairy. They've like it, you know which w- there's an evolution which turns into a fairy, but like Pokemon, it's very cute. cute. But you're absolutely right. They did they did sort of like change up the evolution scheme because you can mega evolve Pokemon now, which become like these massive, really ridiculous things. But it's still not as complicated as Digimon. Like Digimon are just ridiculous. And then there's also that jump in the movie, like, the I, I think, also, though, much like the Pokemon mm-hmm. movie, it helps to have watched the show before you watch the movie. Yes, agreed. Uh, it helps to have, like, a base knowledge, which I did not have going yes. in. So, to my untrained eye, <laughs> it starts off, you're like, oh, okay, so the Digimon are actually just, like, digital, mainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just basically a bunch of cool computer kids. And then halfway through the movie, after the time jump, inexplicably, suddenly Digimon are just in the real world. Mm-hmm. Kind of? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, the rules the rules make no sense. Um, I mean, there's that one point where Kai l- uh, literally just, like, jumps through his TV, his computer, which, like, to just go and, like, hold his dying Digimon. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. There are so many pivotal moments mm-hmm. in this movie like moments where the tides change <laughs> that they just do off screen <laughs> yes 
Like, they're just, like, they look away, they look back, they're like, oh, wow, it looks like ties in the Digiverse. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how, how did that happen? Why was this That's a thing? something I would have liked to see her at the very end. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. God, at the very end, they're like inside Kokomon yeah. and they're like oh we have to destroy the virus like wasn't that your first instinct and then they're like okay and then it just cuts away and they've destroyed the mm-hmm. virus yeah yeah and, and you're done. like but this is that's the moment I wanted to see <laughs> So this movie is baffling because it not only does it give us two alternative movies, both of which, like, like what? Okay, fine. You've given us two movies, but you've also somehow given us nothing that we want to see. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, you know, like, you could have just extended the first movie, and the first movie would have been really good with the virus thing. I don't if know. If you had learned about Willis and his, like, whole fuck up with this. And just, like, left Pokemon stuff. Like, just don't do that stuff. I would argue that the second half was better, because the first half is just a bunch of people <gasps> sitting at their computers. <laughs> okay, you have actually got a really fucking good point Like, with they're that. all sitting at their computers, and they have a whole audience of people who... I love, I love, first of all, they're like, oh, this virus appeared. Everyone mm-hmm. saw it. It's like, yeah, everyone's tracking the code of the mm-hmm. internet yeah, for all the funsies. Time. And then... Watching these Digimon battles in the internet mm-hmm. code, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then yeah. emailing them support for this <laughs> battle that they're waging in the code. <laughs> it honestly, it honestly, like the whole the whole internet situation of the first half of this movie is baffling. <laughs> because they out the phone lines and they can't get to their internet because it's dialogue. It's dial-up, right? But they have perfect video. Everyone knows everyone's email address, which is great. I mean, that was the 90s, though, wasn't it? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Also, Izzy just rocks up. Like, the internet goes down, basically. Izzy just rocks up with a fucking, like, military-grade modem. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Like, <laughs> Okay, and the best part is that this virus causes a bunch of missiles to launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and countdown, oh, yes, that was it. counts down till impact time. So they managed to stop this virus within, like, a second of impact time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't stop the nukes from landing. Yes. But, like, I think they're just inert and they conveniently land in water. Yeah, yeah, which which kind of, like, really begs the question of how sensitive is nuclear fission? Like, clearly not as sensitive I, as we I think. I think quite. I think you'll find quite. Yeah, it's an incredibly volatile series, uh, a substance, but not in these movies. It can full-on splash down, causing a massive wave, yeah. and be like, yeah, and yeah. It's I'm like, oop, never oh, mind. You, you turned off the thing, so I can't, I can't, I can't react. I can't do this, so it's fine. It's, it's all gonna be fine. It would have been a really fucking weird ending, though, if they were just like, well, it's too late anyway, and the bombs just go off and everyone dies. Maybe the second half of the movie was all, like, <gasps> uh, nuclear radiation yeah. fever dream. I like it. That that would make more sense than what actually happened in it the, would. the sudden change. It would. It really would. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what did you enjoy about this? Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know... I guess the childish innocence and 90s of it all. Mm -hmm. There was a a quip a minute in this movie. It was very tiring, but it was pretty fun. There were one or two really good ones. Like, what was the one? Like, oh, what's a semiconductor? Someone who drives a train part-time. That's really good. I have never laughed so hard at a joke in my life. That was incredible. 
I, I actually had to pause it and like rewind it to listen to that joke again because it was perfect. It was really fun. It was so good. It was so, so good. Um, so there are all these like cool quips and again, like just the childish innocence mm-hmm. of this is how we think internet works mm-hmm. and the digiverse. Yeah. Like, I don't know, there's some fun campy stuff in there. The unfortunate thing is that this, like, I don't know, it's like the scriptwriters looked at, like, good practice for storytelling, mm-hmm. and then we're like, eh. <laughs> Screw that noise. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna do that. In fact, let's do the opposite. Let's do the opposite, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, I, I kind of get you. I mean, for me, I really loved the soundtrack of it. It was just the fact that you've got these, like, it's, it's so it's jarring outrageous. to hear these songs. Um, but it just made me really happy to, like, go back to the 90s and listen to Smash Mouth and, you know, um, Bare Naked Ladies in a, in a movie where they, they genuinely had no purpose, which was great. <laughs> I also, I love the Digimon because they're just, like, really hyper-aggressive Pokemon. Mm. Like, I feel, you know, Pokemon just in their entirety are a lot softer, like, their edges are a lot rounder. Yeah. Whereas these... These Digimon are just, like, the fever nightmares of someone who is having a really bad trip watching Pokemon. Like, instead of a really cute little Charmander, I'm going to do this motherfucking baby T-Rex that's actually just as friendly. And, yeah, it's all going to be fine. The bunny one was very cute. Willis's other one with the little ears. That was very cute. My, um, Mm -hmm. My understanding with the inception of Digimon is that it was like it was supposed to be marketing things like Tamagotchis, but like the okay. masculine kind of answer to Tamagotchis. Right. Interesting. So that's okay. All the hard edges and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can kind of get that because to be honest with you, like I had the little Digimon uh, toys, and you you know walked around with your Digimon and like battled things, and then yeah. they would digivolve and things like that. Like I had those toys, and oh, like cute. it was a big deal for us. I didn't know. Like that. I loved my Digimon stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a huge nerd with the with the what Digimon, Digimon stuff did you have? Do you remember? Oh, just like the standard like you know white kid leader ones. You know the yeah, the, yep, the yep. blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence yeah. your love of Raichu as well. Exactly, exactly. You gotta you gotta go for these ones. Um, so yeah, so that was my childhood. So, so, I mean, yeah, like, would, would you watch this again? Would you recommend this? No, I, I'm not sure what it is, but I am sure that there's a better Mm -hmm. way to consume the Digiverse. Yeah, to be honest with you, like, I went back a couple years ago and I tried to watch Digimon again, and I just... I really could not get into it. It is yeah. it is a genuinely confusing show, and the movie does not help that. Quite the opposite. Really. It, like, it does some retconning, which doesn't make sense. Like, the first, like, you know, little bit of the movie where they talk about Kari and uh, Tai going and meeting some Digimon just, like, in the middle of Japan is, like, the weirdest bit of retcon I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> Like why would why would they do that? And so yeah, this the, the whole Digimon thing I think just needs to be retired because this is it's it's genuinely confusing. It is genuinely just baffling. It really is. Yeah, I yeah. Mm, I think it's it, they saw Pokemon, they were like, this is good, and then they tried to replicate it with none of the magic of like actually mm. what makes Pokemon good. <laughs> Yeah. Or none of the hearts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. They just wanted to make something that was way more vicious, way more yeah. aggressive, and way more complicated. On that yeah. note... Shall we evolve into Pokemon, and you can tell me about Mewtwo and his brother, Mew? 
I can try. For some reason, I cannot find the voice actor for Mewtwo, so apologies in advance to... Um, or, I can't find the voice actor for Mewtwo. I can okay. find the voice actor for Mew. Right. For Which is weird, reason. because Mew only goes... Whereas Mewtwo so has cute. the best Pokemon. So fucking adorable. <laughs> Little scamp. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So this story follows a evil doctor <laughs> whose name I can't recall. Dr. Fuji? No? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Played by Yasuke Akimoto. He wants to create the strongest Pokemon in the world. So he uh, finds this ancient Pokemon, Mew, and then clones him and raises him. And then he becomes Mewtwo. And Mewtwo is this, like, very powerful psychic Pokemon who then hangs out with the doctor's dying daughter and a bunch of other Pokemon clones that are doomed because it's really hard to clone Pokemon. And he, like, has, like, a psychic connection with all of them, and they hang out until they all die off. And then he's very (laughs) sad, and he loses his mind. So that's the premise we're working with for this children's movie. The darkest opening of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kept watching it. I was like, this is, this is intense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about Cut it. Cut two, our heroes. Ash, voiced by Veronica Taylor. Misty, voiced by Rachel Lillis. And Brock, voiced by Eric Stewart. The three of them are doing their thing, trying to become Pokemon masters. When they get a mysterious invitation to an island where they are going to be fighting some other Pokemon masters. And, you know trying to be the very best there ever was. <laughs> is, is, is to catch them their real test? To train them is their cause. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're traveling across the land, um, moving f- far and wide. Yes. Please yes, continue. they managed to get a ride across the island with Jesse and James from Team Rothkit, who, you know, have to be there. Mm-hmm. And their trusty mouth. Uh, they get to the island. They soon find that actually they were all brought there by who? But Mewtwo for nefarious means. <laughs> he wants to kidnap all their Pokemon and clone them. And then have the clones fight the other Pokemon to, to, mm-hmm. to prove that they're better than the other Pokemon. And they don't need humans. But because Pikachu's so cute and he's so bonded with Ash, <laughs> Mewtwo sees that actually Pokemon can bond with humans, and he was wrong. So he's like, oh, actually, never mind. And he and all of his cloned Pokemon disappear and wipe everybody's memories of the whole thing. And that's the end, actually? That's the end. Sorry, yeah, I know that's much. a very quick synopsis, but there's there's a lot of Pokemon no. battles that go on through this, yeah. too. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, like there is there isn't much to go on here, but I mean, let's talk about that opening, shall we? Yeah. That opening. Okay, so I don't think that in the Western version of this movie that opening was there, because I don't remember that from when I was a kid. Oh, really? From when I watched this as a kid, and when I watched this with my girlfriend, she didn't remember this was the opening from when we were kids, and so I think. Because we both both watched this and we were like, I've never seen this yeah. in my life. We think we thought we've downloaded the wrong movie. So I think they obviously, when it was brought over to America, the studios were like, this is too dark an opening for our children. Yeah. And to be honest, Simone, I've got to agree with them. 
Yeah, it was like, I was like, this is a lot to unpack. <laughs> he's brought into this world. He doesn't understand what he's going through. He's a scientific experiment. He psychically bonds with all of the other experiments. He learns about the world from a sweet, innocent little girl. And then they all die in front of him. It's fucking horrendous. It's genuinely the most upsetting sort of like 20 minutes of my life where this girl just literally like is teaching him and she's so like, nice to him. And he's like really innocent. He doesn't know what anything is. He doesn't know what the moon is. He doesn't know what the sky is. And then this poor little girl who is just, you know, the genetic code of the scientist's daughter who died in a horrific car accident or whatever. Yes. Then I forgot that. She was also a clone of the guy's daughter, not even his yes, actual daughter. Yes. And then she just like the Pokemon start dying one by one. And then the daughter goes and Mewtwo is just left by himself. And then the, the, the scientist goes mad and then Mewtwo's mind is erased, which is why he doesn't remember oh. any of that shit. And let's not forget the uh, massacre that he commits mm-hmm. by killing all the scientists and then taking over the research facility. Yeah. They just kind of gloss over that, that he killed yeah. a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely. Like a lot. A lot of people. A lot of a people. A lot of people died because of this Pokemon. Um, but yeah, like apparently, <laughs> you know, this was cool in Japan, not cool in America. Don't blame them. Um, but it does, I think the the issue with this bit is that because it was taken out, in that bit, we learn that Pokemon Tears can give back life. And yes. so when Pikachu cries over Ash's dying body at the end, it mm. sort of brings him back. And, like, as a kid, I never understood why Pokemon Tears have that ability. But I'm so glad I watched the opening, the Japanese opening, where yes. a little girl dies in order to find out why Pokemon Tears can give life. Yes. Anyway, if we <laughs> discard the opening... I actually found this movie really fun and charming. <laughs> yes, it is a very fun and charming movie, right? From beginning to end. What was your favorite bits? Like, talk me through your, your viewing experience. Oh, you know, it starts off with standard rock, Brock Misty, Ash banter. Everyone's being so cute and fun. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to like, oh, we need to go to this yeah. Poke battle. And then... Oh, Team Rockets. I Honestly, I just love Team Rocket more and more. They're oh, one of the so best good. parts of the whole show. Like, look at mm-hmm. them just doing their best every Definitely. single time. The commitment to the disguises. <laughs> how dumb the gang is mm-hmm. for always falling for it. I loved when they're, like, in the Pocket clone factory thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun, it's a fun meta joke about name that Pokemon, which they used to do at the end of episodes of Pokemon, yes. and they're like, who's that Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> it's Gyarados! <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely little moments like that that really spoke to the TV show as well, and yeah. it was great. Yeah, like, the overall message as well of this movie, like, I mean, you know, I think for for its time, and like, what it's trying to teach kids is is really lovely, you know, there's that speech at the end where like, Mew and Mewtwo are like, having a, having a little chin wag, and Mewtwo's like, oh, I see it now, it's not about, sort of, the circumstances of your birth that determine who you are, it's about, sort of, what you do with those circumstances, and it's like, yeah, okay, to a point, there's, yeah. there's a lot of nuance yeah. to that, but, yeah, yeah. I like, I like your thinking. found the messaging a little bit fuzzy at some Okay. Points. Specifically, 
the scene where the clones are fighting, like, the originals, right? Okay. And it's, like, shown as this very sad thing. Like, no one really wins. They're both just hurting each other and wearing each other mm. out. And this very strange ballady song plays <laughs> over it about, like, my brother. Yes. And... It's just all, like, really weird. And, like, there's Nurse Joy. She's like, not like this. Not like this. And it's like, you guys all fight these animals for a living. You have a really good point. The only difference here is that a Pokemon is making them fight instead of a human. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. If yeah. two Poke Trainers had two fucking Gyaradoses or what the fuck ever fighting each other, you wouldn't see a problem mm. with it. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It seems like it's just more of like the 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 <laughs> when you take the system out of the system, you realize the system is the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's 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 showing the it inherent was so weird sort of illogical basis of the whole thing. You you make a very, very good point. Like, it was a lovely emotional movie. I really like Pikachu. I thought he was yeah. very cute. I like his little bond with Ash and his, oh, when mm -hmm. he's, like, trying to, trying to shock Ash back to life and he gets so mm -hmm. tired. He's so cute. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, the whole scene where they're all fighting each other and everyone's like, this is terrible. Look at these Pokemon <laughs> fighting. And it's like, you're that's your life this is what they do yeah like ash has been doing this for 100 years <laughs> since he was 10 so like you know five minutes ago I when he was 10 mewtwo seized the means <laughs> of production so is this like so basically is this like a weird satire of communism where but like in like is. a really bad direction because obviously at the end Mewtwo's like, oh no, capitalism is good. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's not about where you come from, yes. it's what you do with what you've got. Pull yourself up. So it's like a really weird satire of how communism fails by mindless sort of uh, capitulation. Because essentially everyone kind of convinces Mewtwo because of like a really sad story um, to, to change to a capitalist. Yeah. What a weird satire this is. Like who is this? I don't know if it is satire. So, so then what is it? Because is it is it propaganda? <laughs> I think it's just an uh, allegory? I don't know. For what? Who is it teaching? What is it teaching? Like what is the is it teaching the pros of capitalism? I think we're I think we're thinking about this harder than the people who wrote the Oh, movie. I disagree. When they open with such a hard opening of a little girl dying, they thought about this. True. Like this is a thoughtful true, movie. True, true, true. So, I mean, Golden Nugget? Oh, it's all so cute. It's all cute. It's so fun. It was like, <laughs> I I only really watched the first, what, the first generation of Pokemon, really. I watched like that, okay. that yeah. one. Um, I used to watch it as a little kid. Mm -hmm. in my, well, I ate breakfast before school. And it was just cool to like revisit mm -hmm. it and be like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. So truly for yeah. me, the Golden Nugget was just that sweet, sweet hit of nostalgia. It's so much fun. Oh, just this is a silly movie. It's ridiculous. You should watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree with more with you. Um, yeah, for me, I think my, my Golden Nugget, more than anything else in this movie, because, I mean, it's all fantastic. I think this movie holds up. You know, it's, it's, you know, well over 20 years old and it holds up so, so well 20 years later. But I think my absolute favorite thing is just this one line 
where it's now time for Venusaur, um, Blastoise, and Charizard to get ready to fight clone Venusaur, Blastoise, and Charizard. And, like, the trainers for the, uh, for the Blastoise and the Ivysaur are, like, got, like, cool names, like, Ivy Whip and Shell Shocker. And Ash is just there and he's like, I don't have a nice name for him. He's just Charizard who's been a pain in my ass for the last ten years. He never listens to me anyway. Just do whatever the and fuck you're gonna like, do, Charizard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just great because Ash is such an unassuming trainer and we're supposed to follow this protagonist around and, like, he's just shit. Like, we've learned this because he keeps losing and he's just shit at his job. And, yet yeah, we still watch him. I, You know what? 10 out of 10 would watch him some more. Oh yeah, 100%. And again, yeah, this movie, watch it. It's great. I would recommend this to high heavens. I'm probably going to make my kids watch it and just want, like, ask them to write a 10-page 10, 10, 10 page essay on the means of production and seizing it and how sort of the irony <laughs> of, of, you know, capitalistic ideals. Someone is definitely going to email us and be like, Simone, you fundamentally misunderstand the concept <laughs> of seizing the means of production. And uh, to answer you now, yes. Oh, look, what can we do? We watch bad movies for a living. We're not ca- communist manifesto. Lovers. We don't pretend. Yeah. yeah. Come on up. Um, well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Simone, for indulging me on this weird nostalgia trip. I'm glad that we could visit our... No, that was so much fun. Our, our weird pocket and or digi monsters. I'm just going to put digi in front of everything. I want to sound cool now. It just makes everything digi better, doesn't it? Thanks for listening to our digicast, Ooh, guys. Why wasn't it called digicasts? That's so much cooler than podcasts. It is. It is yeah. really cool, this actually. Is, this is a digicast now. We're no longer podcasters. We're digicasters. That's, that's Should our nice. next podcast just be us trying to unpack Digimon and understand <laughs> it? What, just episode by episode? Just like... And it's just us slowly losing our minds. <laughs> our Digiminds. Yes, that is the podcast. Amazing. Fantastic. Well, there you go. So tell me, Simone, what is your what is your Digigratitude for this week? <laughs> My Digitoad for this week... <laughs> is um electricity yeah dog (laughs) don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone um (sighs) it's it's real nice to have especially Mm -hmm. at night yeah yeah i can imagine i mean it's not quite summer there yet so i can imagine like you know it's not staying light no it's pretty i mean it stays like pretty Mm -hmm. pretty late but i mean this slot the slot that I'm in now is the 8 to 10.30 one, Oof. so there's no hope. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's really rough. Oh, man. Yeah, it does It does send you back a couple centuries, doesn't it? It's really weird. It's pretty harsh. You know what? I, I would prefer losing electricity to losing, like, plumbing and stuff, because oh, I yeah. have experienced both, and uh, mm-hmm. plumbing, plumbing is something I simply can't do without. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, you know, having indoor toilets when you don't have water is an actual nightmare. It is an actual it really nightmare. Is. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, fun fact. So because we live on a very old property, I will be very quick about this. We live on a very old property. So <laughs> sometimes um, the drains down the road from us just block up. Oh my God, okay. And then we can't really, like the water just doesn't drain off our property. Mm-hmm. So we can't like flush or use the sinks Fuck. or anything like that and like usually usually the city's actually pretty good about coming to fix it because it's a municipal sewer mm-hmm. line that they have to come on unplug- unclog so we can't just get a plumber in but a couple months ago that happened and it took them like 24 hours to come out to us 
God. And that is... when they arrived, I have truly never been more happy to see a big truck full of men in my life. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> like, good. Up, I was like, oh my God, it's you. And they were like, don't your feet hurt? Because I was barefoot on the gravel. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love you. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that is a good message. It is always the things that you sort of take for granted. And then the second mm-hmm. they're gone, you're just like, wow. Yeah. I really rely on that so very much. Yeah. And also, uh, shout out to sanitation workers, because you guys are doing just the Lord's Lord's work. work. You are holding society on your shoulders. Exactly. Exactly. The unsung heroes. Without a a doubt, they are the GOAT. Truly. Without a question. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Please do appreciate the little things. Electricity. Running water. Heating. Sweet Jesus. Heating, guys. I don't think people realize how cold things are like just things are cold and your houses are made to not be cold that's pretty fucking cool what's your gratitude (laughs) no (laughs) the sadness um my gratitude uh for this week would probably be good roadways and travel yeah you know i think we we forget very much like electricity i think we forget how sort of amazing our sort of road systems are the fact that we have For transport sure. in in multiple forms planes trains automobiles you know ships whatever that's pretty pretty awesome you guys yeah. i mean i i think i feel it specifically more now because you know i i'm in a long distance relationship and i think without trains and or motor vehicles we would that just wouldn't happen like we wouldn't be in a in a good relationship because we wouldn't be able to see each other as much as we do now. So I'm just really glad that, you know, we have well-paved roads. You know, I don't have to travel hundreds of miles on a cobbledy road driven by a horse. You know, I can just get into my car and put on a podcast or seven and just drive and I'm absolutely yeah. fine and there's going to be no problems. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. No longer are you setting out on a five-day journey to go see your girl. Yeah, yeah. And that five-day journey would just be like to a place that's down the road, let alone like, <laughs> you know, three, three, three hundred 300 miles away. And if the river's too high, I mean, you got to turn right around. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? And, you know, you'd get there before the letter saying that you're coming and it's an unexpected arrival and oh, you know the, that's the, embarrassing. the estate is not ready for your 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 arrival and uh <gasps> it's the talk of the town for weeks ne- ne- i love ne- that in this scenario georgette lives in like a well-to-do mansion slash palace oh yeah yeah definitely definitely it would be a reverse uh pride and prejudice she's the the super rich um sort of mansion so you would ride through would you ride through to see her with your like whole retinue you know you've got all your manservants with you and oh yeah yeah yeah. well i like this so so basically like the way i'm seeing it is sort of like the opening of pride and prejudice so like my youngest sibling is sick at her place and i i just i decide to walk through through like muddy fields Uh. and my dress is an absolute mess when i arrive at the at the Uh. harris at the harris mansion Filthy. And it's just like it's it's the talk of it's the talk of Plymouth for months. Oh my god. Oh, it's so embarrassing. How beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, talking about beauty, Simone, it is the end of the month next week, which means it's our November wrap-up. So what are we gonna do? We we are are gonna be current. Ooh, We're gonna be hip. Yes. We're gonna go with the biggest movie releases this mm-hmm. month. So naturally we will be discussing the Eternals. 
and Red Notice. Yes, I have been seeing nonstop because I follow The Rock on Instagram that The Red Notice is like the yeah. number one watched movie for Netflix opening week. And I'm like, really? Are we sure? That doesn't make it good, though. Yeah. It just means like, you got... You know, my, my yeah. whole thing with Netflix, right, is like, I, I don't... If I watch something on Netflix, it's not necessarily because I think it's good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's because it's there. because I'm like, this is a thing yeah. that I can watch. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, it should be... I mean, we've both got Ryan Reynolds fatigue, so we'll see how we feel about it. But, like, we'll, we, we will, of course, yeah. cast that and as... And I am fast getting rock fatigue. I, yeah, I can I can, I can can understand that. Like, that makes sense. He, he very much, like, Ryan Reynolds just plays the same character, I guess. Is that grisly old Matt? Yeah. yeah. But, like, we'll put that aside. We'll be sort of, you know, neutral in our judgments as much as we can be. Yeah. No, I think we'll do what yeah. we can. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. What was your favorite Pokemon? And if you can remember a Digimon's name, please let us know which one it was and if it was your favorite. Yes. Armadillo Man. Uh, Chad um, will pay you a million pounds. Over a million years. I, n- I really need to specify the second part of that deal, <laughs> please. So please do write us in. We would love to hear from you. And where can they do that, Simone? They can talk to us on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP, and and they can email us at freshtomatospodcast at gmail.com. There you have it. And as we digi-say at the end of every digisode, we digi-love you and there's nothing you can digi-do about that. <laughs> we digi-love you. <laughs> and there's nothing you can digi-do about it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like digi too. I love that. Bye. Oh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Hoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhalt, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.